we're going to watch a movie that rocks. Do you guys want to do that? Or do you want to watch Remains of the Day? <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> Alright, what's up everybody? Come on. <laughs> one fucking hour with time. Kind of reggae. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, uh, Evan Hustany, of course, and this is the show where we talk about one goddamn movie and we have just one fucking hour to do it. Um, to my left, we got, uh, of course, reporting from the left side over here, Big T, Tom Fitzgerald. What's going on, T? Hey man, correspondence from the left. Uh, the left side's doing pretty good. It's holding its, it's holding its own. Oh, killer! Back to you. Awesome. All right, and we're gonna go straight over to my right side now. We got Mr. Marcus Herring. What's going on, Mr. Marcus? Over here on the far right. You know, actually, this has been bugging me for a while, but I think I'm actually on your left, Evan. Actually, right? Uh, Is this like a Mobius strip kind of thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which way are you facing like, right now? North or east? Uh, oh. North? <laughs> I don't okay, know. never mind. It's a compass. Mind. Yeah, that you might be right. Oh, I think we're all surrounding each other, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> no matter what, no matter how you look at it. Um, all right, so this it's time, of course, for episode ninety-four of the show. Uh, I know. Can you fucking believe that? Ninety-four uh, hours of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> 94 almost a movie from 94 almost not quite uh we're going to be covering uh chris guests i'm going to call him chris guest i like how people say that chris guest uh and his film uh yeah waiting for guffman so we're getting into a seminal 90s comedy here tonight very excited uh but before we do guys i want to give a quick shout out to last week's episode that was so much fun being in the same room with y'all that's so rare uh, that we get to do that it was so fun that we infiltrated the studio with Raimi and finally covered, man, we've been talking about it for so long, David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. And that was awesome to see all of the uh, great feedback. A lot of people watched that episode. And thanks for all the comments and everything. We appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, after we went to Winkies down the street. So <laughs> That's right. We, we, uh, we made yeah. some friends. We were looking for contact lenses, you know, behind the dumpster back there. And it was great. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for checking that out. That was a blast. Hopefully we'll get to do that more, the more I can get out west. Because I saw a lot of comments where people were like, why don't you just do this every week? And I was like, well, guys, <laughs> you know. There's, I've got an answer. There's 3,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Between me <laughs> and them. With. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll have to yeah. figure that out. Well, Marcus and I could just move to the East Coast. Just so. move to New York, guys. And we can compound. do this. Yeah, I we could do this. We could move well, in together. Then at least me and you no, would be no. in the same camp. Like a well-armed compound. Yeah, know? one fucking hour in, HQ uh, in Hudson, New York. Yeah, right. Know? Sure, why not? Like well, upstate nice. living. Um, <laughs> so anyway, thank you again for checking that out. And of course, I also want to shout out the Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash/one fucking hour, where uh, you can sign up for just five dollars a month and get instant access to all of our bonus episodes and feature-length audio commentary tracks. We'll soon have a new bonus episode. Guys, wink, wink, uh, up there soon uh, on the Patreon, uh, maybe by the time you hear this or soon after. Uh, so definitely, if you, the only way to hear our bonus eps, bonus hours, bonus audio commentary tracks, uh, just like we did, you know, Mulholland Drive, you know, last week on the main show, we've done a feature-length audio commentary track to Blue Velvet. So if you want to get more Lynch, 
That's right up there. You can grab it right now. Patreon.com slash one fucking hour. Or if you're on YouTube and you want to keep all your shit on YouTube, just click underneath this video. There's a join button and you can become a moment of the channel. Also for five bucks a month. Same perk, same bullshit, but we appreciate uh, your support either way. So, um, yeah. and do you guys have a show coming up? Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, or are you ready uh, to talk about this? We, let's give it another week because, uh, well, it's happening at the, it's happening on the last day of January. So. Okay. All right. So, uh, is it also at we'll Philosophical Research Society? Yes. They haven't kicked us out yet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the, our, our bumper sticker says, uh, check us out till they kick us out. Right. Uh, and they haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they have every right to. But, yeah, they're letting us do another show on the 31st of this month, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, okay. Let's talk about it next week. Okay, there great. So together. January 31st, uh, mm-hmm. check out uh, Tom and Marcus. Uh, EXP TV will be at the Philosophical Research Society. More details to come. Check out next week's app, which we're also going to get into what we're doing next week on this show because it's going to be very special what we're going to do. And we'll talk about that it's at the news. end. Big news, big swerve for next week's episode that we'll get into um, after uh, we talk about Guffman, man. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. Are you guys ready? Should we get into Guff? Guffman. Let's, should we let's guff, guff it up? Guffman. Yeah. And we're waiting. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to start the clock here and... All right. Boom. All right. Here we go. A little synopsis action on the movie tonight. Uh, For anybody who is not in the know on this really fucking hilarious movie that really holds up, in my opinion. We're going to get into that, of course. Waiting for Guffman is about the fictional small town of Blaine, Missouri, (laughs) Uh, where a handful of residents, including the local travel agent, his wife, the girl that works at the Dairy Queen and uh, the local dentist prepare to put on a community theater production to celebrate their town's 150th anniversary, all led by eccentric director Corky St. Clair, <laughs> played by Chris Guest. Uh, Corky, who recently relocated from the Big Apple, uses connections from his off, 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 off Broadway past and invites uh-huh. Mort Guffman, a Broadway producer, to critique his show, which is called, amazingly, Red, White, and Blaine. <laughs> that always fucking kills me, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Corky leads the cast to believe that a positive review from Guffman could mean their show might go all the way to Broadway. So that is the movie. And does anybody have any memories of seeing this on the first go around or any origin moments with this? Uh, um, I can't well, we remember had a, the first time I saw we, it. We had the VHS tape in my house, and I, I don't think right. I had the opportunity to see it in the theater, you know. But uh, but I think it was one of those things where you read the review of it in like Rolling Stone or something when it comes out in VHS, you you you, you snag it. So I watched it a lot as Same. a kid. It's one of those movies that's really burned. The dialogue just kind of soaked into my brain. It sort of like controls the way I think about things. Like I. I know. You know, every time I hear the word Coke, I just I think about Parker Posey saying that line. You know, just yeah, yeah. Cokes. Just drive in and get a Coke. You're thirsty. Drive in and about this, get a Coke. <laughs> how about yeah, this, Mark? Right. You were saying this earlier, like, that ain't no feed storage bin. <laughs> that ain't no feed storage bin. How did it get here? It must have flew. <laughs> <laughs> That's in, yeah. permanently in there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It really just gets in there. So, um, yeah, I think I saw this before Spinal Tap. Oh. And I, I saw it before I know who David Cross was, you Ooh, know. Um, yeah, great. 
So yeah, it was very formative for me. And it felt like, you know, uh, seeing it at that time too, when indie was such a big thing still. And mm-hmm. this is like, just feels like, it feels like a real true independent film totally. of the era, sure. you know, and it's hugely influential. You know, it just seems like, it almost seems like it doesn't get the credit it deserves for just no. ushering in this whole new era, you know, I but know. it really, um, it's yeah. a wave. Yeah, it's kind of obvious to say this, you know, but it's like when you look at the 90s, like people like Christopher Guest, uh, you know, who made obviously Spinal Tap, of course, or was a big part of Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner directed it, of course. But, you know, with this movie and like how it influenced, how it was so influential to like especially TV, like The Office, Parks and Rec, Mm -hmm. all that style, like you can draw a a straight line right back to to his films. You know, is that called like three camera style? Is that or getting doc? Uh, yeah, I'm or, not or sure. is it? Or is it three camera styles? A sitcom, a traditional sitcom. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, sorry. Yes. So it's yes. all the non-three camera. Yes. Things and Parks and Rec is a perfect example of what we're talking about here. And and that's there's a direct through line to Guffman. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, and yeah. Bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And like absolutely. Like this era. And more just more more influential than Spinal Office. Tap too. I think <laughs> just because like Spinal Tap's about a band or like it's a really big thing that you're making a mockumentary about you know a lot of there's there are other mockumentaries like forgotten silver where it's about some like Oof. director from the past or something you know but this is, is like, like you know this yeah. is about a you know a small town like a bunch of you know nerdy people in a small town or whatever so it's not well, what, the scale like, of it's a lot different right, too, not just that it's a is, documentary yeah. the conceit is not um like the, the the pairing of uh of um like the last waltz is what you would do for a spinal tap but this would be like a small like ifc doc you yeah know, like um, a uh, like uh, ostensibly it is yeah a, a documentary they're talking to the documentarians at camp you know to camera yeah you know mm-hmm. and so and 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 what i'm saying is like look at the office right they always had until the very end like um an invisible camera crew like right. technically there's a documentary crew making a documentary Mm-hmm. about this, this this Pennsylvania um paper company right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. every episode yeah. is like and so yeah. they talk about it being a doc yeah 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 which is it's just like we're we're so used to that again like we're saying and and but Guffman was new and it was very a fresh. doc on a banal subject too you right. know what I mean exactly. like right yeah. small town America whatever yeah. you know I was gonna say it's like in the 90s you know that's <clears> like <throat> the boom the stool boom no it's the boom of <laughs> of um of of these of these very eccentric docs you know that are coming out where you're seeing you know mm-hmm. um the sort of you know fast cheap and out of control the stuff that sort of birthed out of Errol Morris a little bit you know the mm-hmm. idea of gates of heaven like some of these interviews you could see straight out of like gates of heaven or something like that absolutely or Terry's you know, wig off it's very it's where, early, yep Terry uh, yep totally uh, right right yeah um or like what's that one like Sherman's March yeah, mm-hmm. that's sure. a great film. It's yeah, it is, very yeah. much like Sherman's March. Totally. Ross McEwen. Yeah. Ross McEwen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. It's a good deep cut. You guys should check out. Totally. And you know, we've said this before about him. I think when we did the Spinal Tap episode, shout out in the archives. We've we've covered Spinal Tap uh, previously. Um, but you know, something about Christopher Guest that's just amazing is, and we've said it, you know, before. Like I said, he has such a keen eye for human observation. You know, uh, and and its eccentricities and quirks like a Herzog or like a Mike Judge, I've even said in the past, it's like he really is one of the greatest, I think, observers of humanity because it's amazing 
how in Spinal Tap we pointed out how he's nailed that British accent more than like the finest actors have. <laughs> and the fact that just all these very specific, minute, minute, minute details about like a, a sort of uh, butt rock band of that era. It's just so, yeah. not many people would really drill down on those very no, esoteric they would, details. They would brush with broad strokes. And I gotta say like, yeah. and, and just give me my quick origin story is, I don't know. It just uh, this was just on cable and stuff in the '90s, and my uh, my girlfriend at the time, we got obsessed with this movie, and and I'm not exaggerating. We it was every other day we watched Guffman for years, <laughs> and we would just walk around reciting whole lines of dialogue, or, or like we would Rocky Horror Picture Show it when we throw it on. We would be like, you know, um, you know uh, that ain't no storage bin. Like we would yell that to the TV. So, um, but what I'm saying is, I I saw it a million times twenty years ago or so. <clears throat> More than that. And I haven't watched it since. And I watched it for the first time in decades today. And I was wondering, like, how's it going here? And it's, you know, we talk about is the uh, rewatch roundup. And it really holds up. And it was it was a very nice, warm, blanky feeling to watch mm -hmm. this again. Mm -hmm. But I think the word, just to get back to what we're getting at here, is like the word today as I watched it was just calibration. And like, you know how like the, there's that skill that's long gone. It was, I think, called like tool and die where machines do it now but like a human being with like special glasses would work on incredibly minute uh mechanics does anybody mm -hmm. know what i'm saying sure you know? sure sure and so anyway just i thought about like calibration and mechanics and everything has to be exactly right like the you know the vocal inflection on like a syllable like the the millisecond pause <laughs> you know and everyone's doing it and they're all just like locked into this incredible calibration and then there's the editing which is more calibration over mm -hmm. the the performances and the improvisation and uh it's it's like so beautifully crafted it is almost like a 747 you know what i mean totally a comedy <laughs> yeah no a hundred percent marcus go ahead if you're saying something. Uh, uh no just was thinking about when you, when you mentioned calibration i was thinking about like I, I like i love the uh the pacing of this one like it's not overloaded with jokes you know and i feel like and sometimes they don't go for the joke it's more just the you know, there's not a punchline necessarily to everything, you know, but there's just yeah. there's funniness in the situation and the improv and and I was thinking about comparing it to something like The Office or whatever, which does get very high volume in the jokes, you know, and it's like it's just like joke, 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 joke. So sometimes I when I go back and watch these, I wonder, you know, would somebody who's like, you know, twenty who grew up on The Office would they appreciate this as much or would mm. it seem like a slower, slow. not as fun? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> worry about Where's that, that you know. <laughs> kind of slow. Kind of slow. <laughs> I knew that was coming exactly. today. I don't know why, but I knew that was coming for this episode. Always, Carry on, though, Marcus. That yeah. does kind of hit me sometimes when I watch. This is my favorite of the Christopher Guest, you know, ones, and then probably Same. best in show. And then I'm sort of like soft on the other ones, really. Sure. You know, and I think. Um, and that is something that's on my mind when I'm watching some of the later ones is like the jokes, they're doing more jokes, but they're not landing as much as The Office, whatever. Someone else kind of took the formula and adapted it for 2002 or whatever, you know, when The Office started off uh -huh. and made it, you know, um, and kind of ran with it. So it changes the audience's like palette a little bit. You know? Well, it's also it's, it's in the cast because this film has the finest of the fine. Oh, yeah. And like the, some of the some of the additions of his sort of uh, stock team all the way down to like mascots, you know, mm -hmm. and it's funny. It is. I, I'm going to be honest. In my opinion, it's diminishing returns. Like it is. I didn't like Mighty Wind as much as da da da. And no, no, no. Yeah. Like okay, and mascots was like I don't think good. 
And I think what I'm saying is, is that his um, group expanded to the performers mm-hmm. and some people were like yeah, a little wobbly, but everyone here is fucking, it's Honest. like a military operation. Like it is. you've got the cream of the crop here. You do. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say, just to bring it to like my, if you want to even call it an origin story with this movie is uh, it got a lot of play in my household. Uh, as I mentioned on the Spinal Tap episode, that movie got a lot of play because, you know, my dad being in, you know, sort of rock and roll dad in the rock and roll right. industry, you know, this was something that he watched countless and times and, mm. you know, always said it was like, you know, a real documentary. It wasn't even a mockumentary in a lot of ways. Um, and so this movie, you know, also made its way into our house because it's obviously from some of the same minds. And... Um, I think another reason that we really appreciated it is growing up in in Minnesota, which is very similar to Blaine. And there's a Blaine, Minnesota, too, which is very close to where I grew up. And so I think there was a uh, sort of like capturing the authenticity of small sort of white America was like so spot on, you know, and and I think, you know, we would always we had so much. I mean, we had a lot of self-awareness around where we grew up and sort of the mid your stereotypical sort of midwestern naivete kind of person you know sure. and um and i think that this movie nails that so much and so there is a warm blanky feeling about uh you know uh, chris guest and, and and crew just fucking nailing that just like they did with spinal tap like they get right. that lifestyle down so well and and the hopes like a and different dreams. social uh, thing yeah a whole different social world yeah yeah you never called go ahead yeah it's okay yeah no they 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 nail that entirely like as marcus was saying how this this movie is you know it isn't uh examining you know a a large topic it's like reducing it bringing it down to a more intimate sort of you know uh -hmm. esoteric like at the time people would be watching this like parents from my not my parents but like someone older would look at this and go why are they mocking making a documentary about these people it wasn't like so common to see a documentary on a small town small town security now it's like small town security you know the uh the television uh, reality TV boom too is like retrained people's minds, but at the Reno, time it was very Reno odd. Reno nine one one. What was that called? Yeah, Reno nine one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. right, right, right. That is so, yeah, good call. That's the same thing too. Yeah, so I think that just to me, it or to us, you know, I think that's why we appreciate it is because it felt really authentic to the people we saw growing up gotcha. around us at all How about times, especially Eugene Levy's wife and that accent. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing because I'd never been to one before, but uh. I bet they're just, uh, you know, introducing themselves to each other. You know, it, it, it's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's got like the <laughs> Chicago thing it, going you know? on. She's kind of got like a Illinois kind of thing going on, you know, with the big yeah. A's and the, you know, and everything. Uh, she's incredible in the film, too. I love it. Anytime she she's in Best office. in Show, too, right? I think so. Yeah. She's in one of the other ones, too. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Um, so do we want to talk just a little bit before we get into, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about the amazing characters, the amazing set pieces. Just a quick little backstory on how this movie came together. Uh, you know, you guys had sort of been poking around and, you know, knowing that the origin of the amazing character of Cor- Corky uh, St. <laughs> Clair actually goes far back, uh, farther back maybe than we yeah. anyone might, might know, right? Because it goes mm-hmm. back all the way into the early 80s. So what's the story there? Uh, well, just... Part one is uh, there's an SNL skit that is much beloved. 
It's a synchronized swimmer bit. It's one of the film pieces. Oh, it's okay. We're knee pads next time. Working with them has also given me a goose, if I may use that expression. I've been directing regional theater, Shakespeare in the Park, and if I ever do that again, I'm just gonna, you know, kill myself with a Vegematic. We dig a hole. We dig And the great thing about these we boys is they're hole. thinking gold. No, 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 no. I mean, From one of those weird mid-80s uh, seasons, and uh, right. it had a lot of talent, and it, and it had Chris Guest, and it had uh, Harry Shearer, and it had uh, Martin Short, and, and a bunch of other people. And um, they did this film skit, and it's amazing. And it's about these very demented, synchronized swimmers, Shearer and, uh, and Short. But their coach is unnamed, but he is basically our buddy Corky. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember as a kid, yeah. I was watching my friends, we immediately loved this character, and we would recite these Corky-isms you know, uh, in this skit, uh, Synchronized Swimmers. So it's on YouTube. You guys should definitely check it out, because that's, yeah. uh, that's the origin of mm -hmm. Corky. Yeah, as yeah, we well, pointed not, out too, sorry, real quick before I throw it to you, Marcus. At, as we pointed out too in the in the Spinal Tap episode that, you know, those mm -hmm. characters, the, the band members, you know, there were iterations dating back into the 70s of, you yeah. know, uh, that, that they had been working on these characters or iterations of them had evolved into the Spinal Tap yeah. we know today. So this like is kind of a common place. Uh, skit shows yeah. you'd see in 1977. Yeah. The Spinal Tap guys. Yeah, yeah so these are... Yeah, yeah. These are things that... like a a hobby of mine on the side is to like to try to trace every time you see one of those watching an old you know comedy special or something you see uh we were talking recently saw uh, bruno kirby doing his uh, routine from spinal tap in another setting with rob reiner pre-spinal tap you know and uh it was like this comedy VHS tape that was going around in the early 80s. You reading Yes, I Can by Sammy Davis Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Window yeah, so he, he's up. doing that character somewhere else. It's so weird. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, what's, so, what's part two on Quirky? Well, I love tra we love tracking those things. And um, so Quirky popped up. I had Quirky and another thing growing up. My parents taped the David Letterman like short film special. It was like the David Letterman holiday film special like mm. and it was two years in a row in like the early 80s like 84 85 something like that and they would give money to like comedians or actors or whatever to make these short films michael j fox made one uh bet midler made an awful one <laughs> that's really grating uh wow. but but there's one with michael mckean and uh and christopher guest it's a mockumentary and they're uh it's about they're making an industrial film and the mockumentary it's very high concept it's the making of an industrial film. So they're making an industrial musical actually. And uh, Corky is the, uh, is the uh, director choreographer. Well, he's, he's not named Corky. He's got a different name, but it's the same character. He's doing the exact right. same. Like shit. on SNL. Yeah. 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 And there's a, I, there's a really funny uh, moment. Like, you know, like one of the best jokes in uh, Guffman for me is like when Corky is like, you know, this is my life here. We're not talking about something else. You know, he gets kind of hung up on it. I can't do anything with it. I need to, this is my life here we're talking about. We're not just talking about, you know, something else. We're talking about my life. He, he The character in the uh, David Letterman special does something, uh, does the same job with a different line. He's like, uh, love it. He's like, you know, they're singing a song about Busk. It's some, some like byproduct of this uh, corporation. And he's like, you know, we're, we're singing about Busk here. No, we're not singing about, you know, or Busk, it is something. It's not just nothing you know he's doing the exact same joke but early right, you know 15 years earlier Super so it's fun to track about, that uh, yeah that routine specific yeah wow i think both are on uh youtube y'all should check it out definitely i'm sure yeah. i'll cut to it here um 
so I guess the idea then for the movie um, it stem, you know, stems from when uh, Chris uh, went to a junior high school production of Annie Got Your Gun. <laughs> Which is amazing. So that would have been fun <laughs> to go see. So he goes to see that and he just was really inspired by the idea of seeing these kids doing, you know, committing to something that was way over their head, you know, and he always talks about seeing like 11 or 12 year old kids with like the mustaches that are flipping up, you know, and uh, he said that he that he found something and I can totally see this. He, he found something super poignant. There is a poignancy to oh, yes. amateurs, you know, and the idea of people who are in over their head, they're, they're, they're untrained, but, but they're very sincere and they're taking what they're doing or they're doing, they're, they're taking this all very seriously, what they're doing. And he even commented that like the director of this play was given like, you know, roses at the end of it and stuff, you know, and so all of that idea of that sort of small town, small community built upon you know, these, these sort of untrained folks getting together, doing this, but then being very serious about it is that there is, that's a perfect setting for a comedy. And uh, yeah. so Brilliant. it was kind of right then and there. And I think because largely that Spinal Tap was largely, you know, um, it was it was improv. You know, yes, they had sketches of what some of the scenes were going to be and some of the larger, broader gags. But with this, mm -hmm. he really wanted it to be mostly improv. And it's really cool that I didn't know this, but because I was wondering where the Eugene Levy sort of connection comes in but i guess right after he got the concept uh, right after he got the concept for the the film he contacted uh eugene levy and said i want you to write the movie with me because he was a big just fan of of his work on on um on uh, um, um sctv sctv yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. so and that's interesting too because you know eugene levy uh has you know, roots in mockumentary, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. too. He did an HBO special called The Last Polka, LOL, a parody right. of The Last Waltz. The Shrangy right? Brothers. Right, uh, <laughs> right. John their Tandy. take on uh, The Last right. Polka. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. And then, of course, the yeah, doing the, the those characters uh. on, on SCTV. So I, we, we yeah. worshipped SCTV growing up, you know, and it was That's like the, the better, more rare SNL that, you know, that would sometimes be in syndication and sometimes not like yep. it was hard to catch it yeah, but it was this great memory of like oh all these all these guys that are populating all these 80s movies had their origins well, in this show, the best so show. it really holds up and uh and it's great to see uh both eugene and then i maybe he brought in <laughs> Catherine o'hara yep. who's a, a, just a fucking monster too on S, uh, sctv and, and of course guffman you know totally and so I guess what they did is they 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 created just a 16-page outline. Uh, was mm -hmm. what the script was for for for, for Guffman, and um, and then they uh, you know picked this idea of Blaine was this fictional town that they created, and the idea was really to create these characters, you know, utilizing great comedic actors, Fred Willard, you know, like you said, Catherine O'Hara. To bring to life these characters, you know, these these sort of starry-eyed residents of this sort of fictional town that they had, and it's um, you know, and and that's such a great uh, sandbox to play in is this yeah. idea, you know, of the small town delusion of people who you know dream to go to Hollywood and believe. Also, it's a brilliant too. I might add, and I really picked this up on this. Um, even though the name of the movie is Waiting for Guffman, and the whole, but the whole concept, great title. Is, 
it great is title by the way like yeah, totally. never had a problem googling that title waiting for guffman you know yeah it's, it's you just google guffman and it comes up like, and also it's a reference like a movie called to, heat or something is that what right or <laughs> crash hey you guys like, like crash yeah right <laughs> do movies called Crash? you talk but, about uh, the seo you know, of and, this it's, movie? <laughs> and it's a reference to something familiar waiting for, for godot obviously yep. so it sounds familiar you know i just this is how you title a movie you know no it's that's some good titling amen no it is and it's but it's also the idea of i think it's just brilliant of of you know okay yeah we're setting a doc you know a fake documentary in a small town naivete and seeing the hopes and dreams of these characters but then the dramatic edge to make it that they think somebody from the big apple is coming (laughs) down to see us is such a great tool because later on in the film that's used so brilliantly and so melancholic and poignant to use what he was going for as a word. But like when you realize obviously that he never came and um, that's where the film becomes a little minorly tragic. And I think that really does humanize these characters by the end that we've so fallen in love with and laughed at and whatever. I, I remember the first time I saw the film and it was, it was pretty devastating, you know, like, my grandson's gonna love this balloon. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, says the man who's not Guffman. As he yeah. Oh my god! I just realized that actor this time is the "I'm just as God made me, sir." Yeah, yes. from Spinal yeah. Tap. Yeah, I, I didn't realize Jefferson's that before. Too, yeah. Yeah. yeah, amazing, right, right. amazing. <laughs> He's great. Um, yeah. So I just think that's no, brilliant. no. It's 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 uh, not funny that scene. And um, yes, you could say objectively that they're foolish and delusional but we've gotten to know these people mm-hmm. and they're genuinely stung by this and very hurt yes and uh it kind of reminds me of when um, the guys trapped in the andes the soccer team when they finally get a radio going right okay, bear with me everybody wow uh, strap yourself in 1972 <laughs> the andes soccer team that crashes sure. you know and they're cannibalistic uh there's a point where they're listening to the radio and they hear a transmission like uh, just today, we've done our last search, and we're giving up on searching for the <laughs> soccer team. Like they're obviously dead, and there's this montage in that new oh. film about it. Like they're going crazy and they're devastated, and they're right. just, it's like it's like stabbing them in the heart. It's like worse than dying. Yeah, it's basically like, and this is the death sentence of the soccer team, you know, on the radio, and it's kind of sort of like that. Um, mm-hmm. In that, um, it all comes to that point where this big balloon of dreaming for each of them separately and alone uh just pops unceremoniously and yeah. uh everyone's really quiet yeah if you notice that like they're not talking and, i know and- it's amazing and it's to make a connection to last week <laughs> last week, there's always these through weird through lines with yeah. uh these very you know our, our random picks uh but we were sort of talking about last week with Mulholland drive this idea of you know the fantasy of you know betty and her character of being discovered, you know, or that idea of Lana Turner being... I think that being... from Blaine, right? Is that... Yeah, she could no? be. <laughs> right, <laughs> but the, the, might as well right. be. But the idea of being like, like Lana Turner being, you know, uh, discovered in Schwab's, you know, sure. the malt shop or whatever. Right. It's very similar, like the idea, you know, of including this Guffman character that could be the key to their success and to really discover their hidden talents. You know, it's 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 like someone in a in a small play. You know, learning. Oh, Woody Allen, or you know, is in the audience and he's going to see you. Yeah. And you it's know, modern mythology. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a Hollywood right. dream that you'll be Hollywood dream discovered right. someday and 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 but become a star. It's a and we all scene. been we've all grown up with that. Oh yeah, right. yeah, exactly. yeah. It's a very yeah. American dream, so yeah. to speak. Uh, should so. we talk about some of our beloved these beloved yes. characters in depth? You know, deep dive. Sure. Who wants to go first? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I was going to bring up Fred Willard. Just he's the one that comes to mind for me so yeah, much in this movie when I first think about it. Fred Willard. I know. R.I.P. Yeah. Of course. Um, you know, and it's 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 so amazing. Like that audition scene. Everyone talks about the audition scene, of course, and their and their interview scenes. Everything <laughs> is just so amazing. And uh, it's really cool to know like how much that he brought to these scenes and all and all the actors brought to their own scenes because so much of it is improv. And mm-hmm. if Fred Willard was sort of talking about like that, that audition scene was kind of like an audition in real life, you know, because mm-hmm. they really only rehearsed it a few times. He sort of came up with this and that, but he's sort of performing it only. He only did two takes of it, you know, for the people uh-huh. in there. And nobody really was yet really comfortable with each other. Like... He w- he kind of felt Bob Balaban, who's great in that scene, by the way. Bob oh, Balaban, who is yeah. who you, which His is br- quiet jealousy, brilliant, <laughs> so brilliant, not overplayed, not overstated, very subtle, very great, beautifully calibrated, and yeah. those auditions really were auditions, I guess, in a way, like yeah. that they, um, yeah, I I, re- I heard about the process on the commentary, which is also oh. very funny. Uh, Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy do the commentary, and it's not a normal commentary. They're they're pretty funny in it, um, but they're talking about this scene and just that like he gave them the songs because they had to use public domain songs. Wow, um, that's why oh, it's wow. Camp Town Races and stuff, you know, right? Because uh, they didn't have enough money. We just gave them the songs and asked them to go away and come up with their own routines. And so he's seeing them for the first time when they're recording them, which I thought was pretty cool oh, nice. detail to imagine. Yeah. Wow. In character is quirky, by the way. Yeah. Wow, right. Very cool twist, you know, like a, another yeah. layer. If right. I can interject just slightly, it's like Fred Willard, amen. He's so great. Mm-hmm. And what I what I really miss, though, is the pairing of him and uh, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Like what I mean is I don't, I, I, I might be wrong, but I don't think they really paired it up again in Chris Guest or anything else. But what I could see is the fireworks within that audition between those two. I know. Like, it does not get better than her individually and him individually, but then together. Like, when my favorite part is Midnight at the Oasis, right? Oh. But they do that awful um, dinner theater, uh, you know, like, um, you know, like yeah. some lines of dialogue, like, uh, mm-hmm. where are we, we going? I don't know. I hope it's warm there or whatever. But say, I wonder, do we have time for that coffee? What time is it? What time is it? Haven't you been paying attention? It's Midnight, Midnight at the Oasis. Well, it's kind of like a TV spot for, right? Like a like an old product almost is what it feels like. Sure, or an industrial <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah, <laughs> right. Actually, it's very industrial yeah, film. Yeah. No, but uh, this is funny. Uh, back to Mulholland Drive, uh, oh. everyone, especially her, especially Catherine, is doing some great bad acting. Yeah. Like she's yeah. really good at beautifully acting bad acting, which I is know. not easy, you know? Which, no. She's kind of the best at it. You know, and she yeah, does it she, in a bunch of different ways in the movie. And the auditions right. one way, and then when they're on stage, and she's talking like this, and you can't understand the words she's saying no, because she her like delivery is so bad. You know, it's she's like the B fifty twos is what I was yeah. saying. Like, oh yeah, hey, no storage bin. You know, like, it's very broad, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, totally. No, she, well, I was just um, saying the pairing. Yeah, it's very beautiful to see the fireworks between those two in that moment and throughout the film. They're, they're oh, just such God. a great pair. Because yeah. no one else pairs up quite like that. No, you know, so good. More or less alone. Definitely. It's very natural, you know I mean. too. Very natural in that, um, you know, they didn't really know each other much, you know, uh, oh, before this. Like, it was pretty much they went in cold, 
and uh you know she didn't he, he tried to i guess fred tried to contact her like maybe we should like have dinner and figure out what our couple's like backstory is you know mm-hmm. and then i guess that it was she never returned the call and then as soon as they got to set you know it was sort of wow. like okay i think we should try just and work the this ground out. running but they just hit the ground running man they had that <laughs> oh, natural sort amazing. of chemistry and uh it's so good it's so good and obviously yeah good there's a great the on, there's a lot of deleted scenes from this movie but the only one that i really like is one with with them with the albertsons and they're like playing baseball oh, yeah. and she's she's Ooh. drunk and like not doing very well is. you know and uh, yeah, yeah it's the only deleted scene that i really like um yeah because you want more of them you know yeah right, more of the couple yeah. just side note you just said drunk i was also observing today that um <laughs> she's the best drunk i've seen on film because yeah. almost no one can do drunk well. True, you know. But she in in the uh, Chinese the, uh, <laughs> restaurant, she's yeah. nailing drunk. Like Edja, girl talk. Mm. What's it? Girl talk. What's it like to be with a circumcised man? Uh, mm-hmm. Like exaggerated gesturing. Like like you don't quite have the capacity of your motor skills. <laughs> yeah, perfect. you're talking and at the just, at the uh, Chinese restaurant scene. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! That's just the best yeah. uh, example of drunk acting I've seen. It is, yeah, half the joy is watching these great performances and like that moment. Yeah, and then that like perfect, just kind of like you know, n- very unsubtle Midwestern bigotry <laughs> comes out too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I'd ask you more about that, but Ron said the whole Jew thing. <laughs> Uh, and it's drunk, yeah. it's it's so fu- it's so funny. You know that whole Jew thing or whatever she's. She's yeah. like she. Ron told me not to talk about the whole but Jew thing. slice out of Minnesota. That's incredible. Yeah, and 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 oh, that's great. Um, you know, and uh, Ron uh, or I call him Ron. Fred uh, also, you know, again brilliant fucking line everyone talks about it but in the audition just have to put a bow on the audition scene by yeah, can i yeah. strike the chair like we'll leave the um, no why don't you just put that back there strike and... it yeah uh, we've done a few shows for corky before thank so we know all so the terms much. already thank going you. in thanks so much it thank was really you. fun oh, nothing so is good. more yeah, perfect so yeah than can i strike yeah. the chair that like, says that, that's everything. you know I, I know the lingo like, yeah kind of yeah strike the chair my first rodeo here god they they always Genius. seem so in awe of Fred and his ability. You know, every time you watch someone talk about it, and they talk about his ability as an improv. You know, and and on the uh, commentary too, when in that scene when he enters, they're like, okay, Fred's about to do his thing. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then he gives he's he comes in, he's like Doc, <laughs> and he he talks to Eugene Levy. I can't remember the lines, but um. They're like, afterwards, they're like, okay, that was about six in a row because he just laid out six jokes, like lined them all up, you know? Like so they always like seem in awe of him. Like six unique options is what you're saying? Well, just the, just he does like six jokes in a row and he's like, hey, Doc, good to see you. You know, okay. I can't remember the lines right now, but um, when he walks into the hallway, oh, Fred's and just he's like, like uh, he's riffing. Give it your best shot, which won't be the first shot you ever gave. Hope it doesn't leave Corky numb like most of them. It's like pulling teeth to get a discount from him. Hey, why don't you give some caramels to the little girl? <laughs> Future customers, dog. Oh, and yeah, each, yeah, yeah, each, yeah. And he's delivering. So they just seemed like the the great players, Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy, seemed in awe of his ability as an improv. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And, and you know, I got to say, he makes it look easy. It's like, you know what they'd say about like Fred Astaire. It's like, like I don't see what I'm trying to say is like, I don't see him working to be funny. He just is, it's like Zen, like he just exists. Like I almost don't even have an idea about what this real man, like sometimes I used to think this is what Fred Willard's like. 
and he's right. exactly like this all the time and he's never <laughs> like doing a bit or in character well, he just like is this way and i think I can, there's something to that i can shed some light on that he he there's a little short interview with him on youtube talking about this movie and he was sort of saying that uh you know, it was very unusual when when Christopher Guest reached out to him and was like, "Hey, you know, we're doing this movie. It's there's no script, you know." And he's like, mm -hmm. "Holy shit! Like, there's no real script. Like, the freedom mm -hmm. of that, you know, was mm -hmm. very exciting to him." But then, um, as he you know agreed to do the part and everything, it was sort of sinking in. Like, well, there's no script, but that means I'm gonna have to come up with the lines, you know, right. <laughs> to the thing. <laughs> I have a feeling that he actually probably did work pretty hard on coming up with a lot of those lines. Because he mm. kept talking about how many ideas he was, con you know, contributing to this stuff. So I, 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 it, I, it wouldn't be shocked if, or I wouldn't be shocked if those uh, that little exchange you were talking about, Marcus, with him and Eugene Levy, with the jokes he's rapid firing, are probably something he had sketched out beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always in sort of awe of him, just in like being of someone who knows themselves. Like, he, like he knows what he looks like and how his perception, what the perception other people have of him, and how to turn that into a joke. Yeah, and so confident he's done the same thing, same shtick, going back to like Fernwood tonight. You know, and always had that shtick that's always delivered. Uh, just to be so confident in yourself and know yourself that well. I think yeah. it's such a... Yeah, yeah you know, he's in Spinal Tap, and it's a, he steals the movie briefly. <laughs> yeah. It's like... At the like, airbase? You see that group, uh, two, two, uh, Three Jacks and a Jill? I caught yeah. him at the Ramada <laughs> Inn the other night. I shouldn't be too close to you guys. My hair's getting a little long. I know, <laughs> right? That the was military attache is like walking oh, through the airbase. So you know? And he steals so, the movie for those two minutes. You know? And this is a good... I, I guess all I'm really saying is yeah. like what I said before was like, it makes it look easy. Like I don't see him like working yeah. on the mechanics of being funny. No, he just, you know, unlike Jim Carrey or something like that, he just right. kind of is. Right. And I think it's what you're saying partly Marcus, where it's just like, he's so centered in like, yes, like, uh, like, and I think that like, it's half real Fred Willard and then half the other half is like yeah. him, you know, pro yeah. projecting and, and exaggerating. Right. Kind of a natural state that he's already in. Right. Always delivering sort of bad square dad yeah. jokes that right. are right. obviously cheesy. And that's the funny part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But there's also kind of like, you know, he, he's aware that his character has to create this also kind of phony facade, you know, because there is sort <laughs> of a darkness a... under, right. you know, who he, who he is. And I think a lot of the right. characters, all these characters have darkness under the under the yeah. hood but especially him That's especially him like, like but it was minor surgery there's a medical reason you can tell it's just minor surgery oh <laughs> man there's a lot of weird <laughs> undertony things about penis surgery and stuff. so hmm. crazy um and then of course we move good, on to eugene i was just gonna say or, uh, little segue to eugene is in that same Chinese restaurant scene, man. When when you know he's about to you know whip out his wang uh, to show him, and then and then uh, what was what did what does Eugene say? Dances with Stumpy, no, yeah, like right. Johnny Carson, right. like uh, <laughs> Doctor Medicine Man, not go near. Dances with Stumpy, no. Well, he's, he's doing, doing the Johnny uh, Carson routine again. I know there's yeah. so many layers to that. It's there's like, a lot uh, of layers to that. Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show, I, I, from what I understand, did this old weird racist kind of like uh native american guy talk you know like yeah. and so eugene keeps referring to that in the film but he's doing it haltingly and awkwardly unlike the smoothness of johnny carson and um it's it's so beautiful when he does it like like uh like squaw wants pelt 
uh, for <laughs> TP, you know, and it's just like it just he just destroys yeah. the bad timing. It's yeah, so disturbing. Carson sixties like out of touch shit, you know. Totally. Um, but yeah, Eugene a- acting with his eyebrows is always amazing. Um, there's a like you know they always try to have. I, I think this is probably Eugene's influence but to have like a big kind of broad more physical uh kind of thing yeah like, like he has the two left feet in um mm-hmm. best, best in show. show but he also here it's he can't he doesn't have his glasses when he's um you know the the pioneer guy in the beginning yeah and the and cross-eyed his beard and he's, and he's he's going cross-eyed but he's also <laughs> eyebrow acting as only he can you know the two squiggly caterpillars on his face and <laughs> right. and the huge um like that that feels like that's eugene levy at home yes it's very, lot, very sctv like <laughs> Yeah. insanely broad kind of and then he gets yiddish for a second like it was the scent of salt water and then we'll find the new california you know, yeah, like, right. it's this weird like <laughs> booby made a kishka booby made a kishka well there's that that's over yeah but i'm just saying like he like there's always this kind of broad, like huge bearded old Jewish stereotype yeah. with crossed eyes yeah. that Eugene yeah. is like always dying. Like, where can I fit that in? Where can we put this in the movie? Yeah, you know? he's so, so good. And it happens so good. there and it's it's obviously kills. the quotable Marcus talked said it last week, you know, how uh, well I wasn't the class clown, but I sat <laughs> beside or I sat behind the class clown no, or beside no. the class clown. People ask me, were you uh, you know, were you were, you must have been the class clown. And I say, uh, no, I wasn't. But I sat beside the class clown, and I I studied him. And I I learned <laughs> a lot from him. I studied yeah. him. I studied yeah. him. <laughs> that's a that says it all. That says everything. Just incredible. So good, um, guys. Just because I'm looking at the clock and starting to get a little okay. nervous, but we got to talk about just Christopher Guest in this movie because it's yeah, it's unreal. Bearing the lead, it's fucking unreal. <laughs> It's too real, actually. It's very disturbing. His hair is unbelievable. <laughs> I was looking at that today. You know, and uh, I've seen that haircut around <laughs> in this world. You know? Yeah, it's I like guess it's actually a um, it's a toupee sitting on top of his normal haircut. Amazing, you know, incredible. <laughs> his for starters, his yeah. sort of '90s hip hop dancing that's just you know Dude, cut he away. He had the backwards jeans. Yeah, totally crossed, crossed out. Like, you know, like backwards. he was totally crossed out. Yeah, yeah. That's I forgot about that till I saw it again today, and I was like, "That is so funny!" Wow, that scene killed, it's killed in the nineties. You know, killed. it was like the Incredible. funniest thing ever. Incredible. Killed, <laughs> and and but you and know just, what? Just to, just to yep. get back to this general thesis we're talking about, yeah. like it's never cruel. Like like they do this really special trick, especially him, where you're not. Yeah, you're laughing at everyone here and all that stuff, but but they are real filled in characters and you definitely do feel, like people say they want to do that kind of thing where you walk the line between empathy and um, and derision, but this film really nails it because like it does. you gotta love Corky and like yeah he's he's just it's sort of like your friend like the guy's a little nuts he's kind of does this sometimes and he looks like that sometimes but he's fucking Corky you gotta love him mm-hmm. yeah so yeah because like it could be so cruel like some other in someone else's hands this would all be very cruel. But yeah, it's interesting. I, don't feel that. I, I it was funny because like when I was just like searching around, just googling a little bit about this movie, you know, in prep for this, it was it was I was odd how many like think pieces I came across, <clears throat> and how many reviews and YouTube videos of people criticizing 
the movie or 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 just discussing the the idea of like you know Christopher Guest and how he sort of you know is punching down you know at this oh whole God. thing. I know. I guess you were reading articles from 2017. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2024, everybody. No, like, I know. Uh, I know. Let's put the problematic word like. No, like, no, like, not on. not necessarily with that stuff. It was just uh-huh. like you know, um, just like the idea of like his his humor um, is sort of looking at like punching down at you oh, know. I see. Well, I don't. Esoteric. Agree. You know, I know, I, I, I don't, does, I don't either. But I think I'm, he walks the line beautifully. So I, I know exactly, and that that that's what I was yeah. about to say is I, I think. Right. You know, uh, with this movie, like, yes, I think it is very spot on, you know, but the fact that he gives them humanity through like, I mean, you you really feel for these people like you, you, you really like we said there's tragedy they were crushed by the go- government reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I, mean, I was just so surprised, though, that people have that take on this. Um, Ugh, it's just a trendy way to like look at culture. It's, yeah. It's dumb. Anyway. Um. But we got to say, when you are introduced to him as a character in this movie and um, <laughs> his ad lib line of, you know, you know, when I came to this town, I thought I, I thought I'd be a construction worker, you know, with one of those, you know, sweeping hats yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. a construction worker or one of those guys that works on those high wire things that uh, with a hard hat, you know, that sweeping sort of hat and uh with the chaps like the, like you work with wires what? and like you just <laughs> what is he talking an about oil rig i think he's saying he's like oil I'm, rig. yeah i don't know i don't know he's like hiding one of those like high rises buildings with like a <laughs> like a sweeping hat that's like yeah. some next level like shit right there or something yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's <laughs> that calibration the minutia it's, it's all in the details very you know? staggering but he's so good it's in the scene it's genius mm. So funny that he has, he goes to the fucking uh, to the to the, to the city council or whatever asking for a hundred grand for the fucking your bastard uh, people yeah, 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 right. yeah exactly. because you're bastard people that's what you are you're just bastard people and I'm going home and I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my pillow is what I'm gonna do right well I love that his sulking in the uh, the um, oh, bubble bath with later the fucking oh <laughs> you know? oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, just yeah. like staring into the distance. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, it's it's so quirky. To do it that, is. You know? It is. It's so good. But I also like him sulking after. Is it when is it? Is it after the Guffman bubbles burst when he's got the kind of like dewy hat on? With the like bubble the bath is after. Uh, no, that's oh, after. Well, the, what are you referring to? Uh, I was yeah. referring to where he's like he's got the little spinny. You know, do I know he keeps the little beanie you know, on. The yeah, little that's his outfit for the finale. For the, yeah, for the, uh, yeah. Nothing ever happens on Mars. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I, lo- I love that. Boring. I noticed that like, he Boring. keeps that on throughout the all, the whole tragedy. Like when you, And also the broad makeup. Oh, like the uh, the little, little doll makeup that he I has, know. the eyeliner. And he's that's he's playing stupid. younger, right? He's playing a kid <laughs> yeah. in that moment. Right? You ever think that's, it, the, the, yeah. the trippy thing of the, the young hunky guy would have been all those things? I know. Play? I do think about that. Like it's it's hard to imagine, but that's was the intention, the yeah. reality of the film. You know, mm-hmm. unreal. Um, that's a great character. There seems to be too. a side a side plot in the deleted scenes where Corky's like trying to convince the family to let Johnny be mm-hmm. in the show and he's like eating dinner at their house with the mom and then the dad. You see there's another scene with um Brian Murray like they're hunting together, you know? And, huh. um, yeah, it's weird. I'll dig that up. Wow. Um great stuff all around. Uh, I feel like we should touch on Parker Posey too cuz she's a big part of the Christopher sure. Guest universe as well. 
so great as you know libby may brown um Mm -hmm. amazing just as the as the dairy queen worker great like that detail too where i think it's when the play gets shut down and you see her like out back of her house you know and she's just like fanning the flames of like a single chicken wing she's grilling the chicken wing. i do love that you know that really looks like a scene from like american movie or something it does it like that's the kind of move that someone Totally. And that kind of documentary would that's what they're it's a cigarette and like yeah. a single sad piece of chicken. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Totally, totally. Yeah, she's she's I, she, so good. She totally rises to the occasion on this. Like I feel like a lot of times these days they will sort of cynically add a younger actor. They'll have a cast of like old great established actors and they'll cynically add a younger person. Like Aubrey Plaza or something. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> except for she does she's famous now. But but like, yeah, but somebody even like Selena Gomez or something like that. They'll add somebody to the cast that's not the same caliber. And then they're kind of not, you know, up to it, but not only were they not adding her like to be cynical, it's like, it fits the part to have somebody and not like an ingenue. It's actually a sadder part in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like her, her final note for us doesn't. Oh my God. Because everyone else is older and they like, they're married and stuff. Yeah. they're just kind of like having a little crazy, almost retirement age, delusional fun kind of thing. But she's like stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can we talk you know, about that? Just like um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's one of the one of the strongest parts of the movie is the coda. You know, uh, of sure. where where mm-hmm. are they now, if you will, sort of part of this movie is like mm-hmm. I, I just find it very haunting. I've said over and over again. I think you know there is some tragedy in 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 the Guffman reveal. But also then when you see where they've gone on to, you see this very darkly tragic scene of <laughs> Eugene Levy in the uh, Miami or wherever the hell he is, you know, retirement home retirement performing home. his, yeah, his yeah. comedy bits. It kind of reminds me villages? of it kind of reminds me of shout out to our episode <laughs> yeah. on uh, one fucking hour on uh, on um, overalls um, overnight. Uh, oh. when like the band is all broken up and they have to go back to their jobs, you know, oh, at the know. supermarket the like pricing, the, like, yeah. like tower records. Uh, right. CDs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And well, it's, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I, I didn't come away with that at all, actually. Okay. My, my impression, um, my sort of sub Tom narrative of all this and rewatching it after 20 years was that forget, you know, their delusions of grandeur and it didn't work out with Guppin. They were really charged by this thing, by working on this and, yes. and believing in each other and, and becoming a, a, a team. And one thing I noticed that I wanted to point out was like they rocked the crowd. Yeah, the audience loved it. You know, like True. it was. It was so yeah. forget. Like I think mm-hmm. they're forgetting the Guffman Heights right. of um, hopes. Right. But mm-hmm. like they did rock the Casbah at that night <laughs> with that crowd. And yeah. I think that I actually it's not not a hopeful ending, but it's like it's a positive ending where well they are each except for Parker, they each are taking that little bit of inspiration and, and it's it's keeping them going. Mm-hmm. Not so much delusional, but just like it kind of charged their lives. And I'm saying it very simply, they all made changes. Mm-hmm. Well, let me literally change locations. It it did fire up Parker's creativity too, right? Because she wants to make a healthy, low fat, healthy lizard. You know, she's thinking creatively. Sure, sure, sure. That's generous. But she wasn't giving much. I think like they 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 didn't have to move. You know, I know. I I just want to asterisk what I was. I just want to respond to what you were saying, because like it's it's not that like do I see him in Miami performing as this giant depressing thing no because his is probably the most hopeful 
out of all three of the codas <laughs> were given because he in the film there's that line where you know eugene levy's character is talking about you know he says like i have to entertain i have to entertain you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he goes on that sort of monologue about that but it is cool like with this movie it's like he is depicting obviously all these characters with a great deal of affection that he has for all the characters you know that's another counter to the to the punching down argument but it's also like yeah he he's giving he's showing them He's showing all the characters with great enthusiasm and energy that even if they're untalented, they have this passion for performing, you know? And I think mm-hmm. with um, Eugene Levy's character, he gets that payoff, you know, even though that's probably as far as he's going to go is the retirement home in Miami, but he's happy, yeah. whatever. But yeah. I think the dark side of that is is um, uh, is Parker Posey's vignette well, so i'm saying yeah she's that the to me is so good it, yeah is the dark one but 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 corky's is also you could make an argument a little on the dark side too because he's sort of trapped in this store selling you know movie ephemera you know very funny clever movie ephemera of course Red pack the, dolls yeah. the my dinner with andre action figure play set and the what was the lunchbox mm-hmm. what was it Remains, uh, remains of the day, of the day. Of the day. <laughs> which is uh, it's it's a totemic title you know quentin tarantino <laughs> would reference that title when he right. would, i swear to god it's just something about that movie it just mm-hmm. uh quentin would say um like he would be premiering at a festival uh reservoir dogs and he would go, we're going to watch a movie that rocks. Do you guys want to do that? Or do you want to watch Remains of the Day? You know, and we'd get a huge laugh. So it's been a punchline yeah. even before Guffman. It's that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think the, the, hum- you know, the way the endings are jives with how the play is, too, where it's like they're happy with the play and their performance in it. But it's a sad little production you know, that's not pulled off well. It's, it's funny. So, I mean, I think that it's they the might be over... Uh, analyzing like where they end up at the end because it's the same sort of humor that like he's performing in front of like a retirement home or whatever you know or um, it's the same sort of setup where it's like he's happy and but like it's a but, it's a really it's kind of a pathetic situation that's humorous for us you know? no it is but I'm just saying, saying for Tom inspired them enough to move and that means yeah. something you know sure that's it true. does no he's right but to Tom's point too it's like they 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 brought the house down. You know, yeah. for they for, killed for, That's for red white for that Blaine audience. Yeah, no, it, it, well, it yeah, it, but what I'm saying is like, um, I mean, you could look at it in many ways, like the why, but I never, it never really sunk in with me um, that the crowd loved it because it could have played differently. A, a, mm-hmm. a, a filmmaker could have made a different thing happen where everyone's like politely yeah. applauding, and actually, that feels like a more modern thing, like polite applause and like walkouts and cringe coughing. Yeah, right, right, exactly. But like, there's like rapt attention, right, and actually the cutaways if we want to talk about the heart of this film it's the cutaways during the show yeah that are so beautiful it's the uh, eugene's wife yeah no it's this is this is as Mm -hmm. good as any like emotional cinema i've ever seen eugene's wife when he comes on for the first time i know about to applaud but then she's realizing like people aren't doing that we're not gonna right but i was totally prepared beautiful i love it it is and of course the that mvp guy steve who's in love with with corey Corey. Yeah, know, like, I, but it's not even like like that guy's an asshole and he's a closeted or something like, right. like oh i love him and he's great and he loves yeah. quirky 
but everybody there's all kinds they, of just they crap. deal that they deal with that a lot in the in the auditions too when like that's part of the warmth and humor in the auditions is that corky thinks that Catherine o'hara did a great job in the auditions he's just blown away by it you know and bob right. balaban's the one that's sort of like yeah uh, he's uh, you know he's quiet about it that he disagrees with corky but uh you know as far as the auditions, power hungry <laughs> yeah I, well I, he, does, I, he also doesn't think that that the auditions are good i don't think you no. know what i mean but he's just turning over yeah, the power true. to corky but corky's just like delighted by people's performances yeah. and i think i love that that is half the humor of those scenes is watching corky's reaction Absolutely. to the bad you know totally. he's, but just he thinks for it's me, good it's yeah. there's something about the the in the film i never considered was like what the audience i know i'm repeating yeah. myself can but i just, just can i underscore it's just that the soul of the film to me is the audience i was just gonna say that, that the our characters uh absorb that i'm just know? gonna say that i just want to draw a huge underlined thick black marker under that which is just that the genius choice of this movie where other filmmakers might be more cynical is just exactly. the idea that they fucking killed it, you know, and that's a mm -hmm. that's ten times funnier and more endearing and such a better sure. choice to make them more kill resonating. it. And mm -hmm. and it is, and it's and like it it makes you excited. You want to see them kill it, you know. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, there's times where you're worried. You're worried if Eugene Levy is going to fall off the horse, and you know things like that. But for the most part, you you're really rooting for them. And when when it cuts to the guy who's the mayor, and he's like thrilled. Mm -hmm. I was, I, you know, and, and, and it cuts to the guy who's the town historian and like he's satisfied, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah, guy who yeah. might have the most notes is, like, <laughs> is that's, satisfied. Uh, you know, like that's from my understanding with my, to my extent of my knowledge of uh, yeah. show business. Yeah, uh, right. right. <laughs> oh, I, I was like how they gave the play some strengths too, even if they're like overdoing their lines that the acting's bad, the music is pulled off well, you know. And then the yeah. narrator guy is actually good. You know, that's a refreshing when it starts off and he's like a good actor, like, oh, I didn't see you there. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on beans well, or whatever. Well, you know? While I have your ear, let me <laughs> right. uh, actually, um, um, you know, oh, fuck, I forgot. Oh, you know what? It reminds me of the sort of the soul of this part of the movie and the whole movie. The contemporary for me is Joe Para, actually. Sure. Yeah. You guys follow him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a show on. Yeah. You know, yep. Yep. Like that feels like there's a through line there where sure. he would. He wouldn't even consider any other choice but to have a rapturous response from the audience. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, he's a small just, town guy. Yeah, it, it just shows to me his how he is endeared by these types of characters. But the the last thing I'll say about just the ending and the coda and the thing was just like how you know seeing them kill it—that's the apex of their probably their creative <laughs> life. You know, is is this is their masterpiece? This is their fifteen minutes. Of fame and then what the coda is is not that same fulfillment you know mm -hmm. and they're not going to you know it's just that harsh kind of that's true thing about you know uh about dreams and dreamers small town dreamers you know that mm -hmm. i find just to be you know uh it is a little tragic a little melancholic maybe the, the right word but um that, that's all i was you know pointing why? out about those well, endings. no too and you know what because they all move away Right, they're not a team anymore. They're not a team. Like they, they couldn't, you know, do another season next year of no, another, you know, try no, to do, uh, you know, Grease yeah. or something like that. Right, the musical. Know. You know? Right, exactly. So, and it's like you know, just to put a bow on on on, on Corky's scene, it's like you know, he's now trapped in this like gift shop, you know. Yeah, and there I is something you. there is something I twisted about that, like being surrounded by all these objects that'll never be sold to anybody. You know, is uh, <laughs> well, there Corky's, is some. Cor yeah, the sad thing about Corky is that. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier too. It's like he's, unlike all the others, he's 
been aware of and been in the vicinity and tasted the fruits of like the big time in New York City, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like sure he was like at the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. But he had some relation to, you know, like show business through Broadway at the lowest rung. Yeah. So that's almost like there, there's a little bit, there's, um, it's darker. That's what I'm the saying. person has more awareness. Like they're just so hopeless yeah. that they don't know that there's absolutely no connection whatsoever to yeah. show business. But he has tasted and flirted with and danced around and you know, real show business. So he knows how far away he is from it. Sure. And exactly. And then and then but just for that little moment on stage in Blaine, Missouri, you know, he <laughs> was king fucking <laughs> shit of mountain fuck mountain or whatever, you know, like yeah, right, and right, right. Uh, and that's great, you know, and that's a great little detail of that real quick before we run out of time. Just talk about the stage performance itself, just the actual you know play mm -hmm. and this movie too being a brisk 80 minutes wow amazing just like it zips oh. and it's done it's crazy so dense. i love it the length so is quick. perfect perfect yeah. length um but i gotta just talk about the fucking uh <laughs> nothing ever happens on mars you know because it's just <laughs> so boring 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 You know, because it's so good, <laughs> and just the production design of that moment is so great. And yeah, um, Eugene's uh, Martian mask. Yeah, because you're the also audience really livens up at that moment. You oh, know, there's like delighted. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> there is something great about that too. It's like you know, on social media, there's like I don't know, this is a stupid thing to bring up, but there's like you know, you've seen like little viral clips of like kids putting on like an aliens play in their high school and and you know when they mm -hmm. you know when they kind of do fucking great job with the props and like they have limited right, means right. but the scope and the execution is actually pretty fucking mm -hmm. good for what they have same thing here like you're sort of seeing like what they're able to do with just you know very little and i'm sure this movie also had a very small budget so seeing mm -hmm. what you know they're able to do with it and especially in that scene with the fucking spaceship and the, the door opening you know and everything mm -hmm. it's 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 great it's kind of it's it's, it's very pod people spinal tap moment you know um mm -hmm. it's great oh there's right. a lot of great things little references for people if you've ever been in a play or something you know like when they yeah. Catherine o'hara and fred willard turn to each other to simulate like dialogue while someone else is talking you know yeah go, hub, 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 peas hub. and carrots yeah exactly they're peas and carrotsing or yeah. um, um well I, I, he I, blows his line at another point too like eugene levy like he says like welcome to i'm so glad you came to our i mean your town yes. you know and and, and fred willard Beautiful. looks at he sort of like lowers his eyes like no and, and then and, and fred's like hold steady don't get thrown off by <laughs> yeah. him being thrown off totally or how about this hey you know what between lines just throw something out there <laughs> right it's like uh, if there's a gap i should get a new travel agent <laughs> yeah oh, right. that's the best Sucking wait blame. fuck holy shit two things i gotta bring up before we're out of time i totally forgot backdraft the theater adaptation yeah <laughs> wow Genius. the great That's art that they produce for that poster incredible <laughs> the, the idea of you know burning newspapers into the vents and everything also incredible doing backdraft like, and <laughs> totally forgotten 1991 like hilarious Hunter. and yeah. and it's genius my favorite scene in the movie i didn't even get a chance to, i told him would have totally forgot is of course and it's just a little bit part the, the townie who comes to audition for the play it is not in it but of course, for his scene, he's doing, you fuck my wife. You fuck my wife? What? You fuck my wife? 
How can you ask me a question like that? Oh, well, of course. We, uh, we, that's our shorthand. Like, I know. Whenever we said, like, let's do Guffman, we would just, it, all of us would just go, like, you fuck, you my, fuck wife? my wife? Yeah. <laughs> no, but how about, how about then the cut to Corky's wide eyed reaction? Like, oh, okay. that's <laughs> yeah, a little like, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, fuck my wife guy is That guy was probably good. the uh the, the driver, like their driver, <laughs> you know, from the hotel yeah. to the set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just some random right. guy. Uh David Cross is in it, of course, but also oh, didn't yeah. I always forget that Bob Odenkirk is in it yeah. too the in the audition dressed like Dracula. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazing. I gotta say, when I first saw it, that was big cool points. I was like, wow, there's a movie with Mr. Show people. Like, I know. Right. That was a major event. <laughs> totally, we were, totally. All us, uh, David Crossheads kills it too in it. You know, he does kill it. Great yeah. little, way, way, little way. separate little, uh, <laughs> yeah, little vignette <laughs> stuck right in the middle of the movie. It's pretty cool. So, all right. Boring, boring. Boring. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, of course, one fucking hour, everybody, on uh, Waiting for Guffman. Glad we finally did it. You so know, Guffman. Guffman. They should reboot it like Guffman. Sure. Oh Christ. Like Birdman, but with. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's getting sorry. worse. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did that. It's been a while since we've just done yeah. like a fucking straight up comedy. Um, so appreciate that. It's always that. A, like a Chris Guest related thing, it seems. I know. Right. <laughs> our, our comedy default to Chris Guest. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. our scene. We, we have well, it's a musical, a- you know. It's a musical. It's a documentary. Sure. It's a comedy. Right, we did right, so. Right, we did. Right. We crossed so many things off our list That's this true. time. Now we can go back to some, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, drama fuck. from 1978 or trauma <laughs> from uh, Rami Bennett. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 fucking awesome. I I I definitely love it, and I I think I think we should get into Office Space and some of the other stuff. You know, that's one I would love to do yeah. at some point, and totally. you know, my yeah. judge shit, get some of that in here. Um, all right, well, shall we? Moving things right along, uh, should we just kind of should we? We talked about at the top of the show. What are we doing next week? Should we just get that out in the open here and what we are planning? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, let me let me start off by saying this. I'll I'll sort of set it up and you can take it from here, Tom. We've been trying to figure out on this show uh, for a little bit how we're going to cover television because we do want to cover television, and uh, you know we've 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 teased you know want, wanting to do some Sopranos stuff. We've talked about maybe Tom doing some Sex in the City stuff at some point. Oh, <laughs> and oh, uh, right, Ron show. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and so we're trying to figure out how are we going to address this? Is it going to be yeah. you know one goddamn episode at a time and slog it all the way till eternity? It sounded like hell, hell on earth. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, beyond. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Or <laughs> like or just hell, like impossible. Yeah. Like, so like, is it going to be overview? <laughs> what are we going to do? And I think we landed at a very fun concept of how we're going to cover television. And uh, so so I, I think we should, let's get into that, and then we'll talk about what our first real dedicated TV show <laughs> show on right. a TV show is going to be. Right. Um, and we sort of thought, well, you know, we're one fucking hour. What could we do? We're going to cover one fucking season on a show. So <laughs> so there you go. So what we're yeah. going to be doing next week is covering a single season of a show, which I think is pretty cool because this allows us the autonomy to be like, okay, hey, we want to do Sopranos, you know, season five. Let's fucking do it. Tom, yeah. Sex in the City season four. We can do sure. that shit. So, um, but this for, for, time, just to be clear for one episode. For one episode, like like yeah. in this single episode, we cover a season of television. 
Yeah. Exactly. Right. So and it's and gonna be hard when some of those some of those shows like uh, Gilmore Girls have like forty <laughs> episodes per yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. I relish the challenge. <laughs> the Girls. Yeah. So so we are gonna try out our first ever episode of one fucking season next week, um, and we're starting with pretty much the perfect for us sort of uh, baseline because it does relate to a previous episode that we've done on the show. Mm. Everybody knows who's who's heard all the episodes of the show knows we love Nathan Fielder, big fans. Uh, we covered uh, one fucking hour on Finding Francis, which is in the archives, uh, his season finale episode of Nathan for You. Uh, of course, we talked a little bit about on that show. We talked about the rehearsal, but we've all three of us have been watching the fuck out of his new show that oddly enough, nobody's <laughs> talking about, which is uh, sh- his show on Showtime. It's called The Curse. Him and uh, Benny Softy ha- collaborated on this show, and it's it's fucking brilliant. Uh, mm. It's one of the most amazing things I've seen in a long time. There's, there's nothing like it, right? There now. really is nothing like it, <laughs> yeah. and I think spoiler alert: the reason for that is that it's so ahead of its time. It's too soon. I think it's too soon for people yeah, to get. That's part um, of the problem. Yeah. It is part of the problem. It's just they're too on the cutting edge. I think they got to slow it down a little bit because it's so yeah. fucking well. good. But we'll, it we're going to shape. That. I think it has the power to shape, you know, the conversation and and to make uh, be a reference point to where people. It'll, I think it could change some conversations too if people yeah. are watching it. So hopefully people see it. If you haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it, fucking binge that shit because all ten episodes have now aired. Uh, the curse. You can get it on Showtime. Uh, you can do a little trial action on Showtime and watch it, it that way. It's it's like Paramount Plus slash. It's Showtime. Paramount Plus, right? Yeah. Right. I think you okay. can get it through Paramount Plus, but if you haven't. If you don't have an account, just sign up for the seven-day trial or whatever it is. Binge that shit, and then we're going to cover that one fucking season next week on The Curse. Uh, And, of course, we're covering all of season one. We may give the one fucking hour clock a little break, uh, so we're not going to be under the scrutiny and pressure of the clock. Uh, We'll keep it within reason, but I think you know we want to make sure we do cover the breadth of the season. So we're going to try something new out next week, and, and let us know what you think. Of this idea, comment below, and obviously tune in next week and comment. Let us know how you how you feel about that uh, as a new kind of show idea, and we'll do yeah. this, you know, every once in a while, right, Tom? <laughs> exactly. It's a it'll be it'll pop its ugly head up once in a while, mm-hmm. but otherwise, good old one fucking hour. The format, the name, and everything will, will remain obviously. But this is um, yeah, an inaugural episode of something bigger that will. You know, mm-hmm. happen once in a while um, down the road, and it is partly because we needed to figure out, you know, something that we all watch a lot of, and not just us, but everybody. Like, uh, right? Like so much that's interesting. I mean, this is a pretty, uh, you know, corny, um, right? Talking point, but like, hey, there's no more good movies, but it's because they're all on television, quote unquote mm-hmm. television. Sure. Know? And there's some validity to that, you know. And um, this is great. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's so, time to kind of. Uh, get into that time to do it heavy action because we watch a lot of tv let's 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 be real we watch probably more tv than we do movies (laughs) so um all right so we're gonna get into that so um and then of course next is gonna be one fucking youtube channel yeah we uh, talk about a youtube channel one fucking tweet yeah (laughs) (laughs) one fucking x you you mean or whatever it's called um so uh (laughs) and then uh week after next so next week on next week's episode we will give you all the deets on what Tom's birthday episode is going to be, because oh, that's going to be Christ. week after next. So we got some exciting shit coming up. Uh, yeah. Very excited. 
and of course, and well, and 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 we'll get back to the movies as well too eventually. Yeah. Um. So let's do that. Uh. And of course, uh, Marcus. Um. We mentioned on last week's episode, Tom. I gave you your holiday gift on the air, oh, right. which of course you know was the Hitching Post uh, sweatshirt. Uh, sweatshirt. Yeah. Not <laughs> what you're not wearing right now. It's okay, I guess. And um, uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, it'd be hard to tell because it's just a black uh, shirt. Sure. Okay, all right. And then uh, that's not a black one, though. So yeah. you're wearing an orange one. Yeah, right you're wearing an orange, right. orange. No, I'm saying <laughs> that it wouldn't be self-evident. Okay, to, I got it. Uh, okay, we'd we'd make you do a little 360 action, maybe. I would do a 360. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, well, let's retape the whole episode. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, okay. So Marcus, this is your gift. It was delayed. It took forever to ship to me before I could ship it to you. Um, so you might want to start um, unboxing that because um, one fucking unboxing. Is there a box within a box? Um, I I kind of feel like retaping the episode because I said Ross McEwen instead of Ross McElway for oh uh, Jesus. But now I get as I'm opening this box, I get the chance to correct the record. Okay, and I'm going to correct myself. Hold on, let's get some bubble wrap inside. Okay, so this is Marcus's holiday present. We're going to narrate. Yeah, I put a lot of bubble in there. Don't try to peer through the bubble. I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh my god, I can't. It looks okay. I'm not peering through the bubble. Don't peer but through that I bubble. See, I saw some clear inside. This is very exciting. Yeah, oh my this, god. Is, this is a big oh deal. This is, this is like a big deal. Oh, my God. So just getting this far up, I'm seeing this so far. Oh, my Wait. God. It's something oh, that's been graded. That Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a graded VHS tape of one of my childhood. Is it my childhood haunt or was it a it's like underrated horror movies? Yes. Uh, my, one of my picks for underrated horror movies. Uh, shout out to the archive. Parents that really fucked me up as a kid. Directed and this is a fucking... What's up? Directed by Oh Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. Right. Oh my God! Right, right. Oh my God! Forgot. Oh my God! Guffman fame. Oh my God! And so it's cool. fu- this is wow. I don't have anything. This is my first graded. My life's go- all going downhill from here. I'm going to spend all my <laughs> we, money we, on graded VHS tapes. But thank you. So this we is incredible. Were, we were goofing on graded VHS tapes and how ridiculous wow. and kind of pointless they are. And I was snooping around one of my, cause, yeah, I buy a lot of comic books on auction sites and they were having one. And I was like, nobody's going to want this parents, graded parents tape. And sure enough, it went very low. Uh, but Amazing. My, so it's your gain. But I also picked up a graded Thank tape you. of my own. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank I had to pick so up. Much. Yeah, what I love this. What we got? Is it sealed? in there is is the tape it, sealed? yeah hell yeah it's sealed it's got a 7.5 you yeah know, which yeah, it's not it's bad okay. but uh not too right. shabby. You know, check out you this take it out of the plastic or am i not supposed nope. to touch the plastic no. oh god I that's just, it. it just dropped a point right <laughs> no, no no you can take it out of that plastic yes of course okay okay um right. i can't wait to watch this right after we get off <laughs> crack it man crack it um okay here's the here's the graded tape that i got for myself sorry this is my holiday present to myself you guys are going to dig this. I'm very excited about this too. This also nobody cared, nobody bid. <laughs> I want to. No hear. one knows what this is. Very one fucking hour appropriate, by the way. Check it out. Sure. Oh hell! Oh yeah. whoa! Hell yeah! First off, it's I have that a, on VHS. It's That's a awesome. nine two, but guys, this isn't a VHS. This is a sealed beta. 
of Whoa. the visitor. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah. We're uh, visitor That's, brothers. Dude. Yeah, dude. Hot. I got one too. Sealed. Oh, do we all have this? I mean, visitor. Yeah, I have it in, in my, within reach, but Look I have it that. too. Yeah. Fucking nine two, Real. motherfucker. So graded nice. tapes awesome. for everyone. Sweet nine point two. Beta though. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Beta. That's hot. Beta's so, higher quality. <laughs> yeah, of course. Beta's um, the next level. All right. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And um, and I yes. am wearing my um. Oh. Uh, oh, nice. What do you Show call us. It? Um, yeah. Three little three sixty action. Hoodie. Beautiful. Yep. It's a Christmas morning here on one fucking hour. Um, okay, everybody. So we will see you <laughs> yeah, next from, from week. Sideways. Yeah, from sideways, bitch. Uh, we'll see you next week, of course, uh, for the uh, one one fucking season on the curse. Yeah, and I'm uh, yeah, really excited about yeah, that. Can it's I gonna... be honest? Yeah, uh, I'm going to now watch the the finale. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. It came oh, out this, strap night. in, so, strap in. I'm not going to yeah, say anything. Can't even react at all. I know. I can't. I'm I'm that. That. So I'm excited. So yep. I'm hearing things. Uh, yeah, there's I'm yeah. Hearing I would oh, try yeah. to limit the amount of things you hear between now and whenever you gonna, watch my it. My spoiler is I'm hearing things. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, that's good that you're finally hearing things, by the way. But um, Well, uh, from like one person. I know. I'm just messing with you. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. From Red Bar. Yeah. Uh, okay. Red Bar okay. Radio. <laughs> so, um, literally all right. one person on earth. All right. So, um, okay. well, you know, joke from last week. You weren't hearing anything. Um Okay, and oh, uh, yeah, you didn't even get that right. one. I didn't. I, I missed that. Missed that. Yes, and my ears. I know everyone's concerned. My ears are back. <laughs> uh, I got. I got a lavage. They call it. It's a technique of ear cleansing. Oh, they're beautiful. I'm glad you finally did yeah. it. Great. Um, okay, so uh, next week, one fucking lavage on uh, the curse, <laughs> and uh, everybody, uh, real quick, shout out to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/one-fucking-hour. Right. Everyone's assignment is to watch every episode all 10 of the yep. curse before you watch us so yep jam that shit watching to do strap now. in <laughs> strap yeah. in watch that shit get on the patreon patreon.com slash one fucking hour sign up we have a new bonus episode dropping soon and that's it guys thanks for joining us for guffman and yeah. we will see you soon everybody but first what about our moment well hang on what about our what our moment of oh, zen all right, we'll have that for sure, but we will see you uh, next week. All right, guys, take care. So long. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Here for me, breezes blow. Pure joys invite us. And as we gently roll, so Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Wicked man.